welcome to Market Mentors, a podcast for the marketing leaders of today and tomorrow. I'm Fiona Jensen, a director and co-owner of Market Recruitment. For over a decade, I've been helping B2B marketeers find the best jobs with great companies. Together, we'll discover how marketing experts reach the top and learn from their experience. Ask career-related questions you can't get answers to elsewhere. Be tough, be challenged, be mentored. Welcome to part two of our interview with Lucio Falani, where we gain more insight, advice and some great book recommendations from the sales and marketing expert. Um, how do you convince someone your marketing plan is the right thing to do? Well, uh, you, you need to, uh, to have facts and data mm. behind it. Um, and uh, being a marketing plan, uh, you, in my opinion, it better be outside in. Mm. I see a lot of marketing plans which are inside out. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I, I remind my team that marketing is marketing and not interning. So we are supposed to look into, into the market and understand the customers and so forth. Mm. That, that's very important to me. Again, fact-based is number one. Then it needs to be structured. It needs to be put in a, in a way that uh, not only I can understand it, but also other people where we depend on their support can understand it, even if they are not the super expert on, on whatever the, the, the plan is touching. It needs to be expressed in logical, simple terms that can be communicated. You know the elevator speech, right? That's, mm. that's very true. I mean, you, maybe uh, you as a, as a team member or myself as a, uh, your executive, maybe I only have a, literally a few seconds to, to share an idea mm. with um, the, the managing director or, or whoever. I, I, I need to be able to do that in a way that sounds very compelling to him or to her so that he will say, you know, can you please check with my assistant and, and, and come and see me soon because I would like mm. to know more, right? That's what you want to get. So simplicity is, uh, is important. I, I saw several situations where people are saying uh, it's a huge opportunity, I know it super well, but you know, it's too complicated to tell you. Mm. <laughs> it's too complicated. Yeah, we're not going nowhere, right? Mm. Uh, and the same with customers. Customers normally buy things they understand and they mm. can, uh, yeah. So you need to be able to express um, your, your plan, your thoughts, your case in simple terms. Brilliant. Um, focusing on short-term ROI is so short-sighted. The business likes to measure marketing by leads generated. How have you tackled this and persuaded them to look at the bigger picture? <laughs> so uh, that's quite a specific ask, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, let's see if I want yeah. to give a perspective. So, you know, to me it's not a... Uh, short term is is bad mm. or, or short sighted. So it's a balancing act. Mm. It's not one or the other. If you do not cover the short term well, mm. if you do not have a good ROI, let me say this quarter or this month, maybe there is no next quarter, right? Mm. So frankly, it's incredible. Demand generation is absolutely fundamental, and it varies from company from company to company. But a lot of demand generation depends on marketing and the ability of marketing to have a plan, execute excellent 
currently on, on the plan. Mm. So nothing wrong with, with the short term. You, you need to be able to fully appreciate it. Maybe it is not in your DNA, your genes, not what you are, want to do. Mm. That's also totally fine. But it's not like strategy is good, long term is good, tactics is is not, or not, not for me, it's for more junior or less capable people, right? Mm. That's absolutely wrong, wrong approach, same dignity on, on the long term and short term. Mm. Uh, in fact, the best thing is to when you are able to, to combine the two things together and create a good bridge so that the, the, the short-term tactics maybe also become a way to test the market reactions on mm. some ideas that you want to develop a little bit more in the, in the medium to the long term. And the other way around, when you, you try, you have a plan, maybe test it in the market or, or test with sales or, uh, or do some, run some experiments, some pilots of it, which are probably um, can deliver some results more quickly. Mm. So that when the two things work together hand in hand, I think it's, it's a good recipe. Oh, well, there you go. So every, there's always an opportunity to improve or, or do things better on behalf of the business, but it's understanding where the problem lies, I suppose, and then trying to improve it from there versus being too dictatorial, i.e., you know, you're not, you're not looking at the long-term strategy enough. Well, you've just basically said, well, there's probably a valid reason why the company is focused on the short term. That's how they're going to survive, and that's how they know they're going in the right direction but you can still implement or improve things but you've got to be able to appreciate what the business objectives and requirements are from day one and deliver against those before you can impact it on a longer term. Absolutely, yeah. You say very well. So balancing act is, is an or, is not an or game, mm. it's an end game. Mm. You need to be able to look into the short term and the long term mm. at the mm. same time. And, you and say, I love that um, piece of exercise Sorry to talk over you, but it was it was your experience at the start that we were talking about the fact that you'd been in the sort of field per se where you are delivering against you know we need it this week, this month, this year to the strategic elements. So you know if anyone's going to say it is both and both are valid, you know your experience kind of bellies that, doesn't it? Yeah, and if you have seen the two worlds, you you can really um, bridge, appreciate the, value, appreciate the value and make the two the two sides of the house talking and understanding each other mm. each other better mm. but I think you said something that's also very very true in my opinion um, make sure you understand the problem mm. before you jump to a solution uh, frame frame the problem well and uh, very often organizations are too impatient and do not uh, do that well enough. Mm. Yeah, which again was your, your planning as well, wasn't it? The whole understand the direction at the, at the start, make sure you really understand why you're going to get somewhere mm. and how you intend to get there and when and how you're going to measure how you're getting there <laughs> before you start doing anything. Uh, very good point. Um, so this again is quite a specific ask. So even with heaps of preparation, coaching and development, um, a move to a more senior role. <clears throat> this person's about to move from senior manager to head of and uh, saying that it can still feel daunting and peers in a similar position have likened the first few weeks as winging it. What advice could you offer someone moving into a senior role where there isn't a huge peer population support which I think is important to remember and the 
pressure is on to make a good impression. So I think this person is really sort of feeling the pressure and wants to perform well, but obviously with the first management role um, is looking for some advice. What would you say? If you can, uh, first of all, make sure you have the right people on board. Mm. Your success will depend on the people you have. Sometimes you cannot do that, or you, you, you're promoted and, and uh, you have a given team. But still, there will probably be excellent people in the team, so uh, rely, rely on them. Um, second piece of advice, I would say, uh, normally when in any, in any situation, uh, you, you will be moved into a role because there are problems to solve. Mm. Absolutely, it's always the case. Problems are important, but try to focus on the opportunity uh, more than the problems. If, uh, if the, when the company is growing, your team is the growth engine, contributes to the company growth, a lot of the problems will become smaller. Right? So focus on the, on the upside, focus on the opportunity. Third piece of advice, again, with your people, make sure you give them a clear direction and then empower them. Because the, if the direction is clear, you give them the power, they will surprise you. Brilliant piece of advice. And I think also when you're stepping up, you kind of feel a bit of pressure to have to be able to have all the answers. Um, and I'm guessing this person probably feels like they might not have all of those answers. So what would you say about that with regards to advice? What, you know, how can you handle that? It's totally fine to say, I don't know. Hmm. I don't know, but I believe it's important. I will try to find out. Do you know more about it and can you help me? That's also a good, mm. a good approach, right? Uh, you, you, I, no, nobody in life, and for sure if you are a new hire in a new position, you are expected to know everything, right? I, I think it's a little bit when we were talking before about um, what, what I'm looking into a new hire, so curiosity is good. So mm. what's your attitude towards a new challenge and how, how good you are in not being scared I say, okay, it's interesting. Mm. I, I see that it's important. Let's uh, let's go figure that, that out. Yeah. Right? That's, that's Why not? That's it. Yeah. What's the most valuable marketing skill you can have? Uh, being outside in. Mm. Uh, being uh, always um, the, the customer. So you being customer focused. Customer focused. Mm. Uh, and, and customer is not necessarily only the customer. It can be the partners, can be the channel. The market viewpoint, mm. bring that. You're supposed to be the advocate as a marketer mm. right? of, of what the market is thinking, where the market is going, and uh, how the market is reacting to your proposition, right? So make sure that you stay very, very close to the market and to the mm. customer. Because that's and how, how can you do that? You're, you're absolutely spot on. It's valid. But if you're a marketer and you've just joined a company and you need to get that, how can you do that quickly and efficiently? What would you do? Yeah, don't, don't miss any opportunity of, of physically talking mm. with customers. Mm -hmm. uh, you, you can do that if your company is not automatically offering you that opportunity try to build it, right? Mm. So uh, try to insert yourself into a, a, a customer meeting. Do that regularly or into a, a partner meeting. Uh, be proactive in, uh, in reaching uh, out. Uh, and try to do that uh, as a discipline for yourself. So a, a good idea is try to, whatever is the right cadence for you, try to say, look, my program is that I will talk with the customer every week. 
and on Friday you check have I done it or not Friday morning so if you have not done it you can still do it in the afternoon right and and force yourself at the beginning you need to have a discipline and then it will become automatic and um, it will build a a lot of credibility uh, you personally so I would be surprised if after you've done it for a little while uh, sales or, or channel people or even uh, partners will not come automatically to you and say, hey, Fiona, we met, uh, or Fiona, I saw you were talking with this customer. Can, may, may I have some of your time because I have another customer meeting coming? So at some point in time, will become a yeah, self, um, self-fulfilling prophecy. Fulfilling, right. Yeah. And, and your, your conversations also internally will change because it, it makes a huge difference when in a meeting you say, I, I think of this and that, and it's, you are maybe absolutely right. You may have done all your uh, homework, uh, you read a lot of stuff, and you, your opinion can be spot on. But if you say, recently I spoke with two customers, and out of this conversation, this is what I understood. Your impact on the organization and internal conversation is totally different. Mm. Your credibility is uh, 10 times bigger. Mm. Perfect. Well, I think that's a valid argument for pretty much any marketing job and in any company, isn't it? It's perfect yeah. advice. Brilliant. Um, it's often said that you can be paid in money or experience. Looking back on your career, how often did you value experience over a higher salary and did you strike a good balance? Yeah, I, um, I, I think I never moved down in salary, mm. uh, but I rejected offers with higher salaries. Mm. Uh, th- that happened uh, more than once. Mm. Uh, so fundamentally... Um, so you weren't money motivated then? Money money is a component. It helps. But it's, it's not, it helps. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, frankly, you know, it also depends where you are in your career yeah. and what's your family situation yeah, yeah. and so forth. Absolutely. Okay, let's be, be honest. Huh? But fundamentally, I, I always had three uh, criteria mm. for deciding um, in front of a new opportunity or also, you know, to ask myself, am I happy where I am today or should I look for a change? And the three criteria are the challenge, the people, and the compensation. Challenge is how, how much the, what I'm doing or what I'm, I'm supposed to do in the next uh, future is intellectually challenging, will um, give me exposure to, to new problems, will I learn something different, will I, what, what, how stimulating it mm. is, right? Someone is people, and it's not the, your manager, your team, it's everybody, right? The people, do, do I like, do I respect, and do I like the people I work with or do I work for? Mm. Maybe also people outside of the company. And these two criteria are the important ones. Third is the compensation is important, but comes the third after the the first and second. Especially if you are in your uh, early uh, career stages, uh, you you should, also as an investor, right, if you you are young, 
your whole life, so you should invest for the long term. So, uh, frankly, 10% more money or even 20% more salary today does not make a big difference in, um, in your, when, when later on you will look at your whole career. If you build strong, uh, good experience and good relationship with people who can uh, teach you and so forth, uh, your, your salary will be w- way more interesting in the medium yeah. term. Yeah, very good. Gender pay gap and percentage of male versus female leadership roles, do you think this challenge needs addressing in our industry, and if so, how? In, I don't know what you mean by industry. If you mean marketing... Marketing, uh, specifically, yeah. B2B tech. Okay. So I think in marketing, this is a little, relatively speaking a, a smaller issue, right? But it, it is it is an issue everywhere in, uh, in, in some sectors, in some industries. It's, it's dramatic. It's, honestly, I think it's a sign of stupidity and it's an unbelievable missed opportunity. Technically, I mean, te- technically, I mean, statistically, it's like if you say, you know, blonde people deserve a, a lower salary. What's the logic behind it, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I changed my mind recently. Um, I think uh, the only way to fix it is to force it. Mm-hmm. I, I, because probably in the long term, it will kind of come automatically, right? As, yeah. a, as people change their mind, and frankly, also because if you look at a really senior position, a normally very senior position are hired from the level below. Mm. But if in the level below there are no females, then technically it's very hard, right? So mm. when you when you want to hire a, a chief executive something, you would probably hire taking this person from the VPs or the senior mm. VPs, and if there are no females. Yeah, so at the, at the, it's it's harder. But if you so longer term, it may fix itself. But like uh, a famous economist said, longer term we will all be dead. So uh, the only way I think is to force it. Yeah, so challenge it, it yeah. question it, and set metrics in the organization mm. um, at this level. A given this percentage with some flexibility, mm. plus minus, needs to be female. At this other level, this percentage needs to be female. Mm. Now, mm. if you're off the off the, off the chart, chart fix, it. fix it. Go fix mm. it. Yeah, mm. simple. Is that you know managers always have a, a bunch of metrics. This would be another one, not a yeah. problem to to add it. <laughs> huh? so. Just another number. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, what advice have you received from your mentor that made the most impact? Well, many, many. I I have been very lucky. Uh, I also been proactive and always look for having good mentors and that's something I certainly recommend. But uh, two things come to mind. Listen, that's a, that was very important advice. Listen, um, make sure you understand before you start asking a question or before you jump to conclusions. And the other one, which is also, I think, incredibly important. Keep smiling. Again, it has to do with the attitude, but also has to do with uh, you feeling good as a human being. Okay? Mm. Uh, take, uh, take the business seriously, but don't take yourself too seriously or, mm. or, or the people you're working with. So uh, have fun. Uh, keep smiling. Uh, it's a, bring a positive attitude uh, to the organization. Be, mm. be positive. Yeah. Yeah. 
Perfect. So the eternal optimist and the and the sort of positive attitude makes uh, a good listener, I suppose, also because if you're smiling, then people are likely to carry on talking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yes. Uh, ask, ask yourself that question, right? If you if you want to have a conversation, if you need to have a conversation with somebody, would you go to a person who is friendly and smiling, or would you go to a person who is always pessimistic and negative? Right? Yeah. yeah. Other people would do exactly the same, right? Yeah, yeah. So if you want to have influence in the organization, keep smiling. Mm. And by the way, it's also good for you as a human being. Mm. Mm. And the sort of mentors, I suppose, you mentioned that you've had many and that you proactively go after them or, or you know, proactively encourage or nurture those relationships. Um, what sort of mentors are they? Do you sort of look for marketing or do you look for a specific skill set or characteristic or insight? What, what is it that sort of triggers that interest from your perspective that makes you think, right, you know, how, how can I build a relationship with this person so I can learn? What is it? Yeah, there is no right or wrong uh, mm. answer or right or wrong mentor. For example, something that I think is very, very useful is uh, what some people call a reverse mentoring. Mm. So have more junior people being your mentor, right? Yeah. That, that's yeah. very, very powerful and very fun, by the way. Mm. Um, normally, I was looking... I think when you select the mentor, uh, you tend to... Uh, ask people you like. Mm. That's that's cool because then the the conversation is uh, is very pleasant. Huh? Mm. But it's useful also sometimes to ask people you do not like, um, and, and people who or to work a little bit on your weaknesses. I think it normally is a good. Uh, uh, advice to work on your strengths. Mm. You cannot. You can improve on your weaknesses. Very often, you cannot become completely fix them. No. You, you, maybe your passion will never go there. Okay? But be aware of your weaknesses. And sometimes, maybe good to have a mentor who is actually very strong on some of the areas where you're weak, and that have been, for example, uh, career limiting factors for for you. Right? Mm. That, that can also help. Yeah, that's really good insight, actually. So if, you know, finance, for example, isn't a strength of yours, then maybe, you know, corner that finance director and sit down with them and understand a bit more about what they look for and what they need or yeah, you know, um, why, why they don't like your reports or why they don't like your plans or, you know, yeah. go, go to where yeah. the, the pain point is. I would do it with a purpose. Mm. So if uh, in your career uh, you want to... You want to develop and move into a role where, to use your example, um, finance is important and you are not strong in that, then it may be a good idea to uh, look for a mentor with, with financial background or in the financial department. Or if you apply for a job and you have not been selected, of course, always ask a feedback, right? Mm. Always ask why, why you, I was not selected. Blah, blah, blah. And if the feedback was, you look, you look pretty good on many, many things, but we thought you are too weak. So for that type of role, you need to develop this skill better. Maybe you will never be, you know, the guru, but you need to be at a sufficient level. Then again, that's another um, good indication that probably you need to have a, you, a mentor at least in that area can, can help you. Yeah. And in this situation, um, you know, sometimes people simply have a monthly or quarterly conversations with their mentor. Something that I think is useful when you are really working on fixing a gap in your, in your profile 
is to ask the mentor if uh, he or she can give you a project that you work on. Because you have another job, right? Probably uh, it's, it's not realistic that you really will take the lead on a project, right? Mm. But maybe you can be associated into, ask your mentor, look, if there is a project in this area and somebody in your team is working on it, may I be associated mm. into that, right? So I, I learn the project, I see how uh, he or she is working on it and how you are reacting uh, to, the, to the proposals, right? So, makes it way more concrete because I normally when, when mentorship relationship is um, is only based on a conversation my experience is that the first conversation is fantastic the second is a little bit lower energy sometimes the third is not even scheduled because mm. hey what do we have to say We've to each other we already covered it over, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but no the project idea is genius actually mm. really really good advice thank yeah. you um, what are the marketing skills of the future i.e. what do we invest in growth hacking inbound ABM automation the list goes on yeah. where would you spend your time it's a long uh, long list mm. growth hacking or agile uh, thinking which is not the same thing but similar in mm. a sense Absolutely very important. Um, speed, uh, the idea of uh, testing uh, and, and the perfect enough rather than, than perfect. All yeah. these uh, kind of similar again to, uh, to the agile uh, principle are all very, very important. But you know, there are some fundamentals which will not change. And uh, I think for, for junior people, there is a little bit the, the danger of being, uh, um, of, of thinking that some uh, techniques or some uh, uh, new tactics in, in marketing, like could be digital, uh, social, uh, programmatic, whatever, they, they are the answer. So again, the fundamental is customer first. Make, make sure you, you know your market, make sure you know your customer, their reaction, their needs, and so forth. Uh, maybe the tools to acquire the knowledge or to acquire the insights are changing, right? But make sure that this stays your uh, true north. Mm, very good. Um, what book do you recommend the most to B2B marketers or where do you read, where do you go for information? How do you keep up? You said book. Right? Yeah, yeah, book. Yeah. Um, I, oh, I, I'm reading so many cool books recently. Huh? So, that's, um, so one that is, uh, I think, excellent is... Um, Thinking Fast and Slow mm. by Daniel uh, Hackerman. Yeah. Ken- yeah. Um, it's not new. It's not mm. a new book, uh, but it's, it's fantastic. And uh, it has been and still is incredibly influential. Uh, so I believe that uh, if, if you read that one, it will give you, let me say, tools that will continue to be useful for several years to come. Mm. Uh, another good one, but I forgot the name of the author, is The Content Trap. The content trap. trap. Okay. Talks about the network effect. Mm. That's also um, an excellent book, I believe. Um, a, a third one. It's not. It's not a business book. It's not a a, a marketing book uh, either. But I think it's very insightful. Is um, predictability irrational? Dan Ariely. Predictably irrational. It's not so different from uh, thinking fast and slow mm. uh, in, uh, in nature. It's um, a little bit easier, easier reading. Uh, thinking fast and slow is uh, it's quite, quite hard going. Quite technical. <laughs> yeah. Huh? 
a, another one that is, uh, is, is not a marketing book, but is uh, fantastic, is Black Swan. Ah, okay. That, that's also not easy. Yeah. Uh, but it's excellent, mm. excellent book. This uh, Predictably Irrational is a little bit easier reading. Mm-hmm. And um, it talks about how, of course, you, you always um, believe you're rational right, in your decisions. Of course. You, you try hard mm-hmm. to be rational. And you yeah. pretend, well, I am a rational person, right? Yeah, yeah. Actually, you are not. Yeah. And it's quite predictable mm-hmm. uh, to say when you will or will not be rational in your decisions because... Uh, uh, Normally, people tend to make the same mistakes, which t- tend to um, be influenced in, in their decision process by on, on given patterns that are predictable. Mm. Which, it, if you if you link this book with uh, Daniel Kahneman, mm. is basically your system one. Yeah, yeah. Stepping in, right? Yeah. You, you you think your system two is in control, mm. but in fact it's your system one. Mm. Um, the way uh, this author says the same thing is, is actually a little bit more uh, uh, easier to read and more, more fun, more uh, very practical mm. with some experiments that he has done with. Um, Fantastic. So it's kind of a book of insight into the human condition and how we operate. Yeah. And and keeping that in mind, obviously, makes a huge impact on the marketing efforts. How you can influence, how you can take advantage uh, yeah. of these, uh, yeah, these exactly. uh, trends and patterns. Uh, another excellent author, I think I read all his books, um, is, uh, and so bad with names, it's very, very famous. Uh, one, you know, always in the top 100 most influential people. He wrote books like... Um, Blink. Oh, yes. Is it Malcolm Gladwell? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Mm. Blink. Fantastic yeah. book. Uh, in fact, all his That's books. That's a decision. Mm. Mm. Yeah. All his books are really good. The yeah. other one uh, where he talks about that you, you need to have 10,000 hours of practice. Yes. What was oh, I love book? that. We'll put, it, we'll put it in the notes, don't worry. So we'll have all of these links to these <coughs> wonderful books ready for you. Um, what passing words of wisdom or advice would you share with our audience? Be yourself. Mm. Mm. At work? Always. In person? Always. Yeah. So use your voice. Yeah. Be yourself. Be happy. Mm. Um, yeah, the, so, sometimes I, I see or I'm mentoring people who are really unhappy in their job uh, or in their company. Change it. There's no need to. You said something interesting earlier, actually, about the be prepared to leave. Um, and then we didn't sort of get to get to touch on that much before, but I'm guessing this is maybe where that where that philosophy stems from. That whole if it's not working out for you, yeah, and be prepared to leave. <laughs> You're not a tree. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to be confused. So mm. I I think I think I'm hyper committed. Mm. In anything that I'm doing, I'm yes. 100% committed. Mm. And I put 100% of the energy into, into that. And I'm not doing that thinking, uh, hey, I, I, I will leave in, in, in three months, no. okay? Yeah. I, I do it for the long run. Mm. It, all this true, still, hey, um, be prepared to leave. Mm. Because uh, there might be better opportunities or the company may... May, the, the situation, the business may, may not need you anymore in this role and make sure that this 
does not become a drama mm, for you, mm. right? Because there is no reason to, to make it a drama. Mm. Which, you know, touching on that, being prepared to leave, you have now left, haven't you? I, I just You're left. On a new journey and a new challenge. So well, where, where can people find you? What's the future hold for Lucio Fulani? <laughs> yeah, to put this in a context, I mean, I left Hewlett-Packard Enterprise before it was HP after 24 years. Yep. So it has been a, a, a fantastic experience. We had bad days. Of huh? Okay, yeah, of yeah. course. Huh? It's not that every day was fantastic, but overall it was a fantastic experience. I, I, I've been very lucky. Uh, I think I gave a lot to the company, but the company gave way more uh, to me, frankly. I, I, I would absolutely redo it. And uh, I, I, I learned a lot, and I met so many uh, fantastic, uh, excellent people. Um, the, the, the kind of the, one of the problems that builds into when, when you work in, uh, in any large organization, not, not your Parker Enterprise, any type of large organization, is that they become a little bit too much self-referential. Mm. Because they have so much... Uh, um, power of attraction, they become a little bit like a planet in the, in the solar system, right? And um, you lose a little bit the, the outside world perspective. Not that I, I left what I, what is incredibly, what was a bit of a surprise in a sense, and is incredibly enjoyable is how many opportunities are there around us in the world. Yeah. It's, if you like, one, one of the risks, one of the challenges that I have now is stay focused. Mm. Because you, you, cannot, you cannot take all the opportunities. You, you need to be very, very selective. And it's, it's um, fascinating, energizing. I like being uh, you know, front, front end with customers. What I'm doing now is I'm building on um, what I've done for the last 24 years, mm. which is B2B, marketing in high-tech, international, combining uh, marketing execution with uh, strategy, company strategy, uh, and I'm doing that for, for other companies, for, for customers. I'm advising uh, general managers or chief executive officers on their company strategy, how to, particularly on growth, so I call my initiative Crescendo, because even if most of my customers are here in the UK or outside of it, I have an obviously Italian I roots. was going to say, that's a bit of an accent. <laughs> <laughs> so cre- crescendo means growing in Italian, yeah. but m- most people understand it because it's yeah. a term used in music. Mm. So normally people smile. When I say that I'm, my, my initiative is called crescendo, normally people smile, mm. which is a, a good beginning. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that's fantastic. Well, we wish you all the best with crescendo. And uh, we shall listen for it in the future because no doubt we will hear of you again. Thank you. Thank you very much for the opportunity. So there you have it. Career advice from a real marketing expert and leader in the field. Thanks for listening. If you're enjoying this podcast, then please leave us a review in iTunes. We'd love to hear your feedback.